Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I can't believe it. Uh, Years ago, you guys, we did an episode called The Future of Drones. Uh, How long ago did we do this one? Does anybody remember? Uh, it's got to be 2014, 2013, maybe. I don't know. It was a long, long time ago. I think drones were hot back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, targeted killing was becoming a big, big thing in the old military. But then, you know, here, just stateside, at least in this case, uh, the public was starting to see a lot more drones in the air and companies were getting excited about it, too. And we had the really, like, optimistic futurist saying, this is going to be amazing for everyone. And then we had the dystopian futurist saying, this is another step on the path to uh, an uh, AI-run hellscape. And, uh, you know, it's weird because we made this episode so long ago and so many things have happened since that, uh, if anything, this episode might be called, like, the scary present of drones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much stuff we got right. Oh, boy. It's a dangerous game, folks. Play along at home. Here is the future of drones. From UFOs to ghosts and government cover-ups, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. And I'm Ben. And today... Well, that makes this stuff they don't want you to know. That's that's a given. You clicked on the thing. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Today we're talking about something that is highly controversial, as most of our topics are in the United States especially, but throughout the world for this topic. It's something that crosses the line between artificial intelligence, uh, war, robotics. So many different things are culminated in this one, one topic. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I, I hadn't considered a lot of that. You're absolutely right, Matt. You are spot on. Yes, uh, and especially one of the most important things is, should we really separate the humanity so much from the act of killing? Separate <laughs> separate uh, that close-up, uh, scary part about ending another human being's life and turning it, turning it into a simulation. Uh, you know what? That's a really good question, and it's something that I've had some long debates about. I... It, if you'd like, uh, can we talk about that a little bit at the end? Because this is something I like to plant the seed for our listeners, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about drones, not the uh, not sci-fi drones, not like cool alien drones. No, we're talking about drones. So what it, what is a drone? Well, it's any unmanned, remotely controlled machine. You could call. Anything that does those meets that criteria, a drone. Most commonly, it's associated with the flying vehicles that we see in warfare, mm. uh, modern warfare nowadays. Sure, like Predator UAVs and stuff. Oh, yeah, but you can also have them in the water. You can also have them in space or even underground. Oh, yeah. The, uh, what is it? The Boeing X-35 or X-36? Is that I know the there's a, yeah, there are several in the X-30 something right. 37b was one x37 of the most is that's the one we talked about it was up in space no one knows what it was doing or not allowed to know no one's allowed to talk drones have surprisingly enough been in use for a long long time but before we explore the history of that let's look so let's look at just a couple of the legal issues now we're using uh what some people call a very very biased source here the american civil liberties union so according to their report um the drone game is blowing up. Oh, yeah. So uh, this ACLU report says that law enforcement is, this is a quote, law enforcement is greatly expanding its use of domestic drones for surveillance. This is interesting because in the United States, um, although privacy has clearly eroded as the decades have gone on, uh, this expectation of privacy is always a hot button issue from your local law enforcement and protest groups all the way up to the Supremes. And I don't mean Diana Ross's gang. What <laughs> what they're saying is that what the ACLU is saying is that this sort of widespread surveillance fundamentally changes uh the nature of public life in America. Um the ACLU is also worried that police might arm remote controlled aircraft Numerous states, as at the time we record this in 2014, numerous states are working uh, uh, toward legislation about drones. And you can really tell how those states feel about privacy based on the kind of rulings they're making. The FAA is a big thing, um, a big deal. The Federal Aviation Administration, who can fly what where? That's basically what the FAA is for anyone who is not familiar with that. And uh, they want to change airspace rules or Congress wants the FAA to change airspace rules to make it easier for police to use domestic drones, uh, but not including privacy protection. So, Matt, as as we know, the ACLU has named several 
privacy safeguards they'd like to see in the new laws. Yeah, there are a lot of those. But before we get into them, I just want to say how terrifying it is to think about police officers having drones with rubber bullets and tasers attached to them just flying over a scene where maybe a protest is occurring and they're able to just remotely detach the weaponry essentially from these things and shoot weaponry from a drone. That to me is terrifying. And I'm certainly glad that someone is looking into it. So there are certain usage limits. So a drone would only be used by law enforcement if there was a warrant, let's say, or an emergency mm-hmm. or something very specific where you could prove you have grounds on which to prove that you needed to use this drone. Uh, so just n- no drone joyrides for the heck of it. Yeah, you don't. Every police officer doesn't have a drone attached to their vehicle that can be deployed at any time. Right. To track their ex-girlfriends or something. Uh, yeah. The same way the NSA. Not uh, yet. Searches. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's also data retention, which is, you know, how much information is going to be kept by these things that's Ah, collected. Yeah. Um, And only when there's a specific grounds, again, to collect and keep evidence, should that be done. And this is all, again, guys, this is all stuff that the ACLU thinks should be in the laws, which, frighteningly enough, means that it is not in the laws right now. We got to keep it as wide as you can if you're the creator of these drones and you need them to be used or the user of these drones. Yeah, right. Uh, You're also looking at policy, usage policy, which would say that the public's representatives should be uh, deciding when these things are used or how they're used, not by police departments themselves. Okay, so elected officials should make transparent decisions. (laughs) Yeah, although... Although that, to me, is also a terrifying thought. The people subject to, I don't know, bribery Uh, are the ones now making the decisions. No offense, representatives, but (laughs) you know that you are subject to bribery. Not that you necessarily take it. Potentially subject to bribery. Let's be fair. Well, they're subject to it, whether or not they (laughs) go through with it. Bribery bribery attempts. Yeah. Okay. There's also abuse prevention and accountability. So this is... Uh, use of domestic drones would be subject to some kind of audit or at least an oversight program or committee. So yeah, <laughs> they just can't go willy-nilly using their drones. Sure. And the last one is weapons. And they're saying both lethal and non-lethal. Those should both not be on the drones. Yeah, and that's an interesting point, too. I, I think those are great ideas, great proposals. Um, it's an interesting point about non-lethal weapons because – as most people who have some real-world experience with non-lethal weapons know, they're not always non-lethal. Something can always go wrong. Yes, the human heart can give away for can give way for a lot of reasons. Right. Yeah. And electricity is usually one of those things, or right. large amounts of current, mm-hmm. like tasers. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there was an interesting legal case that we found reported by Vice which said that a federal judge has ruled that the FAA has not made any legally binding rules against commercial drones. And this happened when the FAA sued a guy named Raphael Perker, the first person the agency had tried to fine for flying a drone commercially. Now, some of uh, you listeners out there may be familiar with a promotional video that Amazon put out, right? Do you remember this one, Matt? Yes, the one where Amazon just... Proposed to be using, or they decided, hey, it wouldn't be cool if we use drones to send you all your stuff. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, maybe our drones won't throw your packages the way some of our employees do. Oh, just kidding. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> or they might be worse because they would rebel at some point. Sure. Anyway. Yeah. So, okay. The, the idea though, the, the FAA has always said that flying a drone for a commercial business is illegal, but the, uh, the judge didn't agree. A guy named Patrick Garrity uh, Garrigadi, uh, judge with the National Transportation Safety Board said, nah, there are no laws against it. You know, go wild, you guys. So the FAA attempted to, to fine Raphael P, uh, $10,000 after he used a drone to film a commercial at the University of Virginia. And he fought the case and he said the FAA never regulated model aircraft and, uh, that its basis for making them illegal was a 2007 policy notice and it wasn't legally binding. So apparently, his argument goes, the FAA has not yet taken the required public notice necessary to make it an official regulation. So at this point, what that means, man, is it's the Wild West for commercial drones. We could do like that Oprah thing with a car. You get a drone. You get a drone. You get a drone. Matt, I think we should buy a drone. No, thanks, man. I'm good. You don't want to. Like, I mean, we could get some cool aerial shots. Yeah. If you want to do some more roof shooting. Yeah, like a little drone. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, I'll do that. I'll do a mini drone. <laughs> a mini drone. Cause, octocopter. Because somehow that'll be less bad. Yeah. Because it's smaller. Well, uh, and then you just get swarms of mini drones that all interact with each other. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. 
your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. It's so weird when we think about this unarmed, unmanned vehicle. So we've we've given the most up-to-date information about the present of drones. One thing that might surprise a lot of people uh, is that the concept of drones, it's, it's not recent. It's actually very old, this whole unmanned attacking observation thing, right? Oh, yeah. Way back in 1849, Austria attacked Venice with balloons. There are balloons loaded with explosives. They're not necessarily drones, but they're unmanned vehicles in the air or unmanned air contraptions. Right, yeah. And then like uh just a few decades later, uh the US Civil War had uh, sorry, not the whole Civil War. <laughs> During the US Civil War, uh forces in in the states were working on balloons. In 1862, they were trying to use them for reconnaissance and bombing operations. And that's a that's a very interesting story. Matt, honestly, I'm surprised there has not been a film made about the Civil War's balloon brigades. Oh yeah. You know? That's There's a, a war film about everything else. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. The I guess you could make it a catchy topic or a catchy uh, title for that. I'm not sure what it would be. Band of Balloons. I'm sorry. Done. <laughs> I, uh, I thought of that earlier. Uh, okay, but those are just, you know, those are just balloons. And granted, you can't really pilot a balloon very well, but there, uh, there were aircraft that were older too, right? Yeah, there were some of the first radio-controlled planes were brought about right after World War One, and that was A.M. Lowe's radio control techniques that were used for those, hmm. and it's really cool, actually. It was supposed to be used to fight against some of the Zeppelins of, of World War One. right after that. They were like, oh, oh okay. man, let's find a way to take down these Zeppelins. Let's make some radio-controlled aircraft that can fly into them and explode those suckers. And they never actually, probably a lot of that is because of the Hindenburg explosion and, and the way technology turned away from Zeppelins. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And they figured out how easy it is to make one explode. Yeah. And it's a shame because wouldn't it be fantastic to live in a world that had Zeppelins? Why, yeah. why does somebody have to screw that up for everyone else? They're pretty energy efficient, man. Yeah. You got to play Bioshock Infinite, man. I should. I should play Bioshock Infinite or just rewatch Fringe. Yeah, there but, you go. Uh, so later we know that ultimately these flying bomb concepts or these aerial torpedoes became the ancestors of cruise missiles, right? And mm -hmm. they learned to remotely or they learned to control these using, as you said, radio signals. Uh, the Famous automatic airplane was first flown for representatives of the U.S. Army in 1917. Uh, but if we fast forward to 1898, we find uh, some of the first uses of 
remote surveillance by the U.S. military. Yeah, reconnaissance. Just all they did was attach a camera to a kite. Yeah, I guess we're making it sound a little dramatic. Well, right? yeah, but that's honestly that's how you, I guess, begin. Mm-hmm. You, well, we've got this kite. Hey, we've got a lightweight camera. Let's do it. And then in uh in and in Vietnam uh between sixty five and seventy three uh the U S Army had been able to uh test some of these some of these surveillance concepts right uh because you know it was really there was a really dodgy position here where there were areas of Southeast Asia where the U S was not officially involved. However, as it came to light earlier in some other episodes we've done, this uh, official involvement was not necessarily involvement in practice, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we know that these uh, monitoring aspects, right, this, this application of what they called an electronic battlefield to map the entire theater with uh, sensors uh, probably changed uh, the way that we think about designating or guiding bombers today. So a really interesting thing happened here is uh, that after they, uh, while they were doing these experiments, the Air Force started populating the region, right? But not with regular planes. Yeah, they were populating the skies with these remotely piloted vehicles or RPVs. And it's kind of neat. They've had this evolution. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... There, there are these three overlapping phases that drones have gone through. The first drone is the drone as a target, which is kind of interesting. That's from 1910, the 1910s, let's say, until the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the drone as a sensor, something that can be in the air that can detect something and send it, send that signal back to somebody else. Okay. That's around the 1960s to the 1990s. Then you've got the drone as the weapon, and that's the most recent from the 2000s, the new modern warfare drones mm-hmm. up until today. And mm-hmm. so it's gone over this large evolution, and now my question has been, yeah, what's the next evolution? Ah, what's the future of drones? Yeah, like a self, a completely self-running drone, a drone that can on its own, just monitor the skies. It can be the sensor and the weapon and the controller. A solar-powered drone, maybe a uh, high altitude that's able to somehow derive enough energy from solar panels to uh, continually adjust its its flight or its orbit, depending on where it is relative to the bug limit, and then also be able to continue with its same speed, maybe adjust its flight. Right now, so far as we know, there are no solar panels that are efficient enough to give that sort of flight in a reasonable way. The kind of solar panels we have to build now are would take up so much surface area that it's tough to imagine the thing actually working in any realistic capacity. <sighs> It would be one of those like rich countries toys that we built just to show that we could do it. Unless, unless you could use some other form of energy to get it. Maybe let's say it's in space orbiting. Yeah. Get it, use enough energy with a secondary propulsion system to get, to get it up there. Mm-hmm. Then it just uses solar to run all of its systems. Yeah. Or yeah. And maybe just power 
enough power so they can prevent orbit decay. Mm-hmm. Not a bad idea. X-37, you guys, that stuff is crazy. Please check it out if you haven't seen it before. I, I routinely search news for that and, yeah. uh, and trade journals just to see if we ever figure out what it was doing. Well, there are some great guesses, but nothing confirmed. Now, Matt, the idea of drones, especially with the threat of impinging on privacy, has always been kind of a passionate issue for you. So I wanted to ask you some questions too. Before we move into, I want to end it on a little bit of maybe good news. Okay. Um, but, before we do that, let's get through the really messy stuff. Um, we talked earlier about drones and war, and you asked about the, or you mentioned rather, the distancing effect of, of taking people's lives. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do know that there's been some research on PTSD in drone operators, drone yeah. pilots, and they do suffer PTSD. Um, they are aware that these are human lives, that it's not just a video game. However, um, one of the things that I think a lot of us as civilians, uh, don't know about with the, with piloting a drone is that the lag time is crazy. It's, if it's a video game, it's a horrible video game. Also, you know, you're potentially killing innocent people, right? Yeah. So I, I, I agree with you that the distancing, is very dangerous because although people do experience PTSD, the I don't know if experiencing it that remotely is um, is as uh, as much of a what's a good word deterrent maybe to killing in the future. I don't know, man. I have no answers, but it just seems like an issue that we should at least talk about live nation presents concert week from now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 summer shows that's up to 75 percent off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirks bentley janet jackson megan trainer peso pluma sean paul some 41 and many more for way less grab your tickets now through may 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just 20 $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part time or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. 
With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. So what what draws you to what what makes this idea so um, so close to you? You're very passionate about this. Well, I've been playing video games my whole life, and in most of those video games, you are killing something or eliminating something. In many of the ones that I've played uh, for, let's say, my college years in video gaming, mm-hmm. we're killing human beings, and there is there is an extreme detachment because you know obviously it's not real. You know that it's not real. Then I can just imagine children who've grown up with the technology, with that playing Call of Duty when you were seven or eight years old, even though you're not supposed to, mm-hmm. having that simulation and then transferring it to now you're 18, 19, fresh out of high school, going into the military, and now you're playing a flight simulator game where you're killing people. Um, I just wonder how that's going to affect this, like the psyche of the affect psychologically Mm -hmm. these younger people. Do you think that people growing up around video games have a lack of empathy or less? I, I can't speak to that. I have no idea. Okay. I, I believe that I have lots of empathy and I don't do much else besides play video games. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) All right. I'm not going to blow up your spot, but you are, you are, uh, Full of fascinating hobbies, and I, I, I don't know. I think you're beating yourself up. Well, most of them include an Xbox controller, but no, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, what, what about drones and privacy? Oh, Wait. that's that's a whole nother can of worms there. Yeah, drones and privacy, man. Come on, that. Uh there's an expectation of privacy that is always debated, right? And and past court rulings, at least in the United States, have said that you cannot have an expectation of privacy in certain areas. Like, you're on the street. You're walking on a public street. You know, I'm sorry, no matter how much of a diva or a celebrity you may be, you cannot tell people not to take your picture or look at you because um, until... Somebody totally Ayn Rand's the entire country. Anyone can walk on the sidewalk. Yeah. If, I mean, if you have to be completely anonymous that they make those tinted windows for you and Mm -hmm. enjoy it Mm -hmm. while you're in the car, then sorry. Right. And then there's, uh, it's interesting because when we talk about the idea of privacy, what I think is regardless of, um, someone's political leanings, right? Or personal ideologies. The, uh, you know, I made, I made a bad Ayn Rand joke, uh, just a second ago. But if we look at it on the other side, then the idea of a collectivist socialist society, right? Which would be the opposite of mm-hmm. objectivism, uh, 
would still have these huge threats to privacy. You know, we have read 1984. A lot of you guys listening out there have read it too. And one of the big things is that Winston has, uh, no privacy. He has, um, I guess, uh, spoiler alert, but a minor spoiler. He thinks he has privacy, but he doesn't. Yes. Really. Right. And, and this, this idea for anyone who is, for anyone who is want to or inclined to say, Oh, your, uh, political beliefs differ from mine or on this issue, we disagree. I, I, I don't think that we should let people be as easily divided because there's one thing that I have noticed about the, the fight for personal privacy, at least in the United States. And that's the, it's getting people from all bents of politics, religion, uh, any other ideology. I don't know. Pepsi drinkers, Coke drinkers coming together. Privacy. It's one of those things that it's going, it will be, we're going to fight for it as long as we can until it's just completely gone. And at some point it's just going to be gone. Yeah. I also believe the erosion of privacy is, inevitable when that's you know we've talked about this before yeah I know. <laughs> it's it's if you think about it the um the existence of privacy has been sort of short-lived for a long time too but now that we've talked about some of the darker issues there we'd also like to hear from you guys um what you think the future of drones is but before we go out we wanted to end it on a little bit of an up note and talk about some non-military uses of drones, because it's not all, you know, accidentally killing civilians. It's not all targeting people with no due process or uh, police surveillance state stuff. There's also the possibility that uh, agriculture could benefit from drones. Uh, for instance, the, you know, the idea that it could help farmers do better land management, increase overall yields. Um most large farms in the United States are in rural areas. So as long as the drones are less than 400 feet high, they're legal for the FAA. So yeah, and police officers will be using those. So put your paranoia hats on and enjoy the idea of police officers flying drones over your house at all times of night. Yes, they're probably there right now. Can you hear them? Right. And if you saw our earlier episodes on militarization of police, then you know that maybe that's not the best example of non-military use. I'm sorry, Matt. I had that in the Well, outline. it's it, okay. Here's, here's the counterpoint. There are surveillance cameras all over the place where you live. I don't care where you live. There are right. probably surveillance cameras, even if they're just in the small stores Close around. Circuits, yeah. yeah. Even if it's just those, they are, they're all over the place. But here in Atlanta, they're on the streets. They're on uh, traffic the intersections. Side. Yeah, tra- they're everywhere. They're in our building. There are a couple that can probably see us right now from outside the studio. It's it's one of those things again that we're going to have to live with for the rest of our lives. And now there are these things that will just be flying over us. And you know, they might be the security from your mall, some drones hanging around the mall. That might be police officers mm-hmm. looking for drugs. Who knows? Ah, I'm so glad you brought up drugs, my friend, because another thing that drones can do is be uh, operated by villains, by criminals, by ne'er-do-wells and rapscallions. Uh, yes. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> According to Call of Duty, was it Black 2, I think? 
And these, the, the entire idea, sorry for all the video game talk. This ben. is great. Yeah, it just reminds me of video games so much. The idea that hackers would take over the military drones and start a war. Oh, okay. I can see that. So, cause drones are hard for people to spot, especially given the size. So what if you start go, taking your drone over the border to drop off, uh, drugs or something like that? Uh, they, they're, to my knowledge at this point, there's not, an unmanned vehicle that somebody could buy and then use to fly over people as in human trafficking with humans as cargo, but a couple of kilos. It wouldn't be unmanned then, would it? No, it wouldn't. It would be unsteered <laughs> or un, un PIP piloted in person. There you go. Uh, I don't know what the acronym well, for that would be. You know, they make these, the massive, I think they're one fourth scale airplanes, the mm-hmm. remote control airplanes. Yep, yep. I wonder if that's being used right now. As drug trafficking, because that's yeah. essentially a drone, uh, slightly different, but it's it's, it's happened before. That's ugh, never the, even thought about that. I think probably in in some border areas, it, it's probably really good workaround. But there's there's got to be a sweet spot because the U.S. Mexico border is monitored pretty closely. So I think they have an eye on the airspace. I don't know how you would get around that, but in other borders that are a bit more porous, like the, um, like the opium trade in Central Asia, right? Uh, those borders are so porous that it might not be necessary to fly a drone. You might just need to know the right guy and just walk. Isn't that how it always is? Isn't that how it always is? And, uh, the idea of, how hard certain agencies or countries are working to actually stop the drug trade is another episode that we could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, so this could be, this could be something for criminals. Um, one, one potential thing here for national security wonks may recognize that in 2011, a terrorist named Rezwan Ferdaus, uh, excuse me, F-E-R-D-A-U-S, uh, plotted to bomb U.S. targets by putting explosives on a drone. Um, Emphasis there on planned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's another example, right, in Brazil. Yeah, in a Brazilian prison in 2012 caught a drone helicopter that had cell phones. Just It was full of cell phones that were meant for inmates in the prison, and they stopped it by, I think, one of the... One of the police grabbed onto the helicopter legs uh-huh. and uh, pulled it down to the ground triumphantly. Um, and then the rest of the... The officers there just jumped on it and beat it up pretty hard. Wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. All right. Well, take I'll, my word for it. I haven't seen the made for TV movie yet, but I, I'll take your word for it for now. Uh, there's also the idea of weather investigation. And this is pretty cool. Uh, that you could, you know, there's, there's always a huge difficulty for people who want to investigate natural disasters and catastrophic weather phenomenon, meteorological phenomenon. And that is, of course, that you could die driving into a tornado, that you could die standing at the edge of the ocean with some sensors waiting for the tsunami. Yeah, even the tank, I forget the name of the show, but the guy who has the tank that Mm -hmm. drops to the ground, it's still extremely dangerous. So these drones offer a way, potentially, to investigate tropical storms, and NASA began experimenting with this in 2013, officially, uh, this is a little bit different from attempts to see if cloud seeding could alter hurricanes, uh, which was, as far as we know, unsuccessful. But they used uh, 
these big, big drones called Global Hawk drones. Uh, they have a wingspan as wide as a 737. Uh, they're huge. They're extremely cool, too. I highly recommend you do a YouTube search for those. Global Hawk. So they fly them through hurricanes with a bunch of sensors on and hope they make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not the only thing they track, though, right? Yes, you can also track wildlife. Uh, there are UAVs that are set up with cameras and GPS, and they're able to track wildlife. So let's say you've got uh, maybe a group of giraffe or elephants or something you want to track and see how if there are any poachers that are endangering them or something. Or maybe you just want to look at their eating habits. Just get these drones, follow these things, and, uh, man, you're set up. It's pretty great because you don't have to be on the ground mm. looking for them at all times. Uh, and they can wear tracking collars to make it easier, but they don't have to with this technology, which is pretty cool. Uh, I, I think that's just a fantastic point because the one of the things that often haunts me about the age in which we live is that it is possible that one day, you know, Matt, you could have grandchildren and they won't believe you when you tell them that animals used to just run a while, uh, run around in the wild. Yeah. You know, that's, to me, that's frightening. Uh, the, so the, anything that could save that, uh, would, would be amazing. I mean, not to, not to be preachy. Uh, again, it's just, uh, it's fascinating when you read the theories from various, various researchers, paleontologists and so on who say that we are in the middle of a mass extinction. It's interesting to wonder which animals are going to make it out. And humans are, uh, could be on the chopping block too, huh? Could anyway, be. yeah, masters of disasters. Other huge storms they could look at, right? Of course. We're talking, um, we're, we're talking sandstorms. We're talking tsunamis. We're talking, uh, tornadoes. Oh, I just learned this yesterday. This is a weird one, man. There's a word that it's, it's a weird word. H-A-B-O-O-B. Haboob. I think it's pronounced. Okay. It's Arabic word. That describes these gigantic, uh, sandstorms that can happen in desert areas. I was watching this video of this guy driving into one and it starts, he's driving, it's daytime as he's driving. You see people driving away from this massive storm with their headlights out. And then when he gets in there, it's pitch black because there's just so much crazy stuff happening. Wow. Good to have a drone there. Um, other things we mentioned, forest rangers tracking fires wildfires huge problem in california right yeah well a huge problem all over the place and it's a huge it would be a great advantage to have a a drone that wouldn't have to worry about a lot of smoke inhalation or any of the other things mm -hmm. yeah that's huge oh and uh, another point you know they're convicts who are on the fire the wildfire teams out west really yeah interesting yep is that that seems rather Mad Maxian to me. I, they're volunteers. Okay. I don't uh, know what the sure. circumstances of their sure. <laughs> volunteer service are. Maybe they get time off, but yeah. how much of that is, you know, uh, that's we'll, a cool, that's an interesting idea. We'll have to dig in. Uh, another thing we said, uh, this is another future thing that we mentioned earlier was that this makes some fantastic filming way more affordable. Oh, yeah. Chandler, one of the guys that works here at How Stuff Works, made a music video that featured a drone. And it was a cool experience. Mm -hmm. Excellent footage. It it looks like you spent several million dollars, but it was just a day with a guy 
who can run a drone and maybe four hundred dollars mm-hmm. you're done wow all right let's get four hundred dollars well yeah we can get one here they're not that expensive i bet noel can you can pilot a drone can't you Oh yeah, you can totally pilot drones. That's right. Our super producer Noel is always Noel. We uh we try to give you a shout out every show, and we didn't mention it in the beginning. All right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Noel. You're too. You're far too kind. Another thing is the oil and gas monitoring. So offshore oil rigs are incredibly risky and cartoonishly expensive endeavors. First, you have to explore to find the oil, and increasingly, you have to do some wild science, some mad science, to get the oil out of the ground in a way that is safe and usable. Deep drilling, uh, when one of these goes up, or when something goes wrong with these, anywhere in the pipeline, mm-hmm. it's very bad business. Very, very bad business. <laughs> and so having a drone to monitor that, which, you know, I'm surprised that hasn't happened yet because so many, not just on oil platforms, but so many pipelines run through politically dangerous areas, right? Oh, yeah. It's a huge advantage. You, you've probably seen some videos or at least clips of drones, underwater drones that are used by the oil industry to check out their rigging, mm-hmm. uh, check out the pipelines, and sometimes even catching glimpses of scary looking creatures Mm. have you ever seen those Mm -mm. which ones it's just uh it's they're unmanned submarines that are used to patrol the areas and there are a couple awesome clips that you know i go on live leak all the time right right as you should too if you're uh 18 or older they're not paying us to say that (laughs) uh but yeah there are some really interesting clips there of just underwater sea creatures that are usually later identified Mm. But sometimes they're oh, terrifyingly like ambiguous. Nice. Uh, yeah. And that's, that goes to one of our last points, which was one of our first points was that drones are not just restricted to the air around us in the immediate environment. They can go into space. Uh, they they can be remotely operated underwater. There'll be digger drones. There was this movie and I'd love for one of our listeners to, to help me figure out which one this was where I think it was called Screamers, but I'm not sure. It was about, it was a sci-fi film. The little robots that, that come out from the ground? ground. They, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's do scream. you remember that one? Yeah, I do. Uh, the uh, That film kind of made me think of underground drones when I was reading it. I don't know if it'll bear a rewatch. Somebody warned me because I. it's kind of sad when you see a movie that hasn't aged well. You know what I mean? I don't remember if I liked it. Because of the coolness of the technology or because I actually like the story, but I remember liking it. So yeah. I might have to at least watch the first 30 minutes. Oof, yeah. Or sometimes you can just watch the trailer on YouTube and that'll tell you if you're in. All right. I'm doing it. Uh, so while we head off to do that, thank you guys so much for checking out our episodes on drones. We have some new videos coming up as well. Uh, we don't want to ruin the surprise too much, but we've been doing a lot of government stuff lately, and our show covers everything that someone may or may not want you to know. So uh, we're going to be throwing some curveballs in the next few weeks. Uh, be ready. I don't know. Should we drop a hint? We can drop a hint. Vril, the power of the coming race. Do with that what you will. Enjoy yourselves, and we'll see you next time here on Stuff They Don't Want You To Know. 
In the meantime, you should write to us on Facebook. We are Conspiracy Stuff there. You can write to us on Twitter, at Conspiracy Stuff is our handle. If you don't like any of that social media stuff, you can always go to our website, StuffTheyDon'tWantYouToKnow.com. And that's the end of this classic episode. If you have any thoughts or questions about this episode, you can get into contact with us in a number of different ways. One of the best is to give us a call. Our number is 1-833-STDWYTK. If you don't want to do that, you can send us a good old-fashioned email. We are conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You To Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Attention, true crime enthusiasts. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals, your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.